The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hi, friends. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Foudy. I'm here with Lynn Olzawi. Hi, Lynn. Hey, Jules. The start of the, drumroll please, 25th WNBA season. Can you believe that? Is just around the corner. That is crazy. 25 years. Yeah, I remember way back when the We Got Next campaign. And, you know, one of the stars that has emerged in these 25 seasons is our guest today. And we had a really great conversation. It was a good one, wasn't it? We mm-hmm. spoke with WNBA superstar and all-around baller Candace Parker. Candace is about to start her 14th season in the WNBA, and she's doing it in her hometown of Chicago with the Sky, the two-time Olympic gold medalist and two-time WNBA MVP, spent her first 13 seasons playing for the Los Angeles Sparks, where she won a WNBA title in 2016. She also won two NCAA championships while playing for the great Pat Summit at Tennessee, And off the court, Candace has carved out a successful career in broadcasting, as you've seen her as an analyst for TNT covering NBA and college games, and is an awesome mom to 12-year-old Layla. Such a treat to catch up with Candace, so get comfortable listening. It's Candace Parker. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time finding the joy in life. So bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted. Hello! How are you? What's happening? 
just in Chicago setting up this place. It's like you forget what moving is like until. <laughs> How is it being back home? It's amazing. I will say um, I didn't know I was going to rant run into as many people that I know um, in the first week. Like so that was childhood? difficult. Yeah. Like I ran into like five people I knew and they all live like close to me and I'm in the Northern suburbs, like far away from where I was. And so then they were just like, Oh, you live over here. Cool. Let's meet up. I'm like, no, like I'm in training camp. So you're like, wait, is that Jimmy from third grade? I'm like, like Jimmy, we haven't talked in 40 years. Like why, why do you, why, why do we want to hang out? Like just oh let's God. hang, let's say hi. So no, but it's been, it's been really cool. Like my mom's been cooking me dinner for training camp. Now she's Aww. in LA with my daughter, but like I had dinner, I had breakfast with my dad. Like he watched my dog when I went to Atlanta. It's just been amazing. So it's yeah, cool. The little things. Mm -hmm. Hey, slow clap for Angel City. <laughs> when I saw you joined, I was like, yes. I am so excited. Um, I think it's just crazy. Cause like soccer was my first sport. So yeah, we lost you to the damn game of basketball. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> Listen, my parents told me that I was not going to be anything at 6'2 in soccer. And so that's why they got me to switch. Because I wanted, I honestly, like 96 Olympics and 99, like you couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be an Olympic soccer player. Like that was. <sighs> what position did you play? I played center forward. That was my. Yeah, I was center forward. Right now, Candace. And they tried to make me a goalie, but I don't have that like goalie mentality. Um, Who so they tried to make to their me... parents anyways. Why were you that I know, kid? It's true. I mean, I was like growing and then I kept getting yellow cards because people would run into my legs and fall down. So it was just like, you could have been our not target number nine heading balls <laughs> in. We would have just launched it forward to you. Listen, that was like my childhood dream. Uh, so, well, we'll live it out with angel city now. So we'll get that back <laughs> as we always start the show, Candace. We have our guests set the scene, where they're okay. at, what they're doing. So, Candace, set the scene for us. Well, I am in the wonderful northern suburbs of Chicago right now. I just got here for training camp, and, you know, it's kind of back home. I grew up in Naperville uh, from the time I was three until I was 18 when I left for college. So to be back home, it's honestly like nothing like it. I mean, mm. it's just like that nostalgia like I, I'm just so nostalgic all the time just passing mm. stuff that I remember growing up seeing and running into elementary school classmates and on every corner running into classmates <laughs> and people that I know <laughs> 14th season is that right 14th yes, season 14. in the WNBA I was yes. sad to see you leave Los Angeles being from Southern California and watching you play your entire career there but what is best about being back in Chicago the best part, honestly, is um, I'm with a great group. The team, there's a couple of ladies on the team that I kind of grew up playing either with or against. And um, I think that that's the best part. The head coach I'm really close with, the assistants as well. We've crossed paths. We're my coach overseas. So it's just kind of like that familiarity um, with everyone. So I'm coming to a new situation, but I kind of know everybody. Mm. And then secondly, like my mom makes me dinner all the time i mean like it's yeah how it's amazing you, how can you yeah. not have that it's what's amazing. the home cooking you've enjoyed the most since being back 
Man, my mom's lasagna is so good. Mm. Um, whenever she comes to visit, I always make her make like a couple pans and then I freeze it and just like have pregame meals with it. So good. And then my grandmother, like being able to just go by and see my grandma, um, my dad, mm. I meet for breakfast and they can watch my dogs and just like having Layla back here in Chicagoland and being able to ha- take her to do the things that I used to do as a kid. Yeah. Like that to me is going to just give me so much joy. Oh, showing her what mm. a great city it is. Is really mom doing is. your laundry yet? <laughs> I know. I know you brought it over. Look at it. Look at you. You're like, yes, I knew no, it. It's so funny. Like she came, um, she came to my, my place during training camp and she was like doing it. And I was like, cool. Oh, she just, just like, jumped in and started doing just it. Just like uh, back in the day. It's the best thing ever. You forget you take, you need to take full advantage of it when you're a kid. Cause man. Being adult you, is hard. You being adult is hard for <laughs> reals. You've got a lot on your plate. What keeps you coming back and motivated to play? I'm so competitive. And also I really love where I'm at. I really enjoy when I'm at work um, with Turner, when I'm on the basketball court, when I'm at home being a mom, when I'm with friends and family, like I really <laughs> enjoy where I'm at. And mm-hmm. I think that that's the biggest thing is just being passionate in the space you're at. And um, it kind of gets you through those tough days, I think, uh, when you're able to find joy in like your craft and the people that are around you and just being in a good place. The, the amazing thing about that as well is when you have so much on your plate, it's hard to be present in all of those situations, as you just said, right? I'm, I'm there, I'm in that moment. And you seem like not only are you present, you are all in in attack mode, even to the point of like, sit down Shaq, I got this, right? <laughs> how, how, how are you wired that way? And where, where does that come from? I grew up in an amazing family. And I was the youngest of three kids. I had two older brothers that I idolized growing up. And I had no idea that the way that we kind of interacted would help me just interact with others. I grew up with brothers. I got made fun of all the time. I could never take myself (laughs) too serious. Um, You know, we always poked fun at whatever. I mean, I can remember having an amazing game and, you know, we come home and they're making fun of, something I did in the game. Or I remember the first soccer game I ever had when I was five years old and I was trying to do like little toe touches on the ball and I fell over the ball and immediately I turn around and I see everybody on the sideline (laughs) falling, like dying laughing. So it's just like, we don't ever take ourselves too serious and we debate. I mean, we didn't have Google then. So our, (laughs) you know, our kitchen table debates were ridiculous, you know? And so with that being said, it was just, like, it's just been an amazing environment that has kind of prepared me for, I guess, TNT a little bit. Oh, gosh, I would love to be at a dinner table with you all. You can't be like, GTS, Google that shit. No, you got to know Mm-mm. that shit. No, you got to know that shit because we didn't have Google back then. So it was just like years later, we'd be like, you were wrong. See? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You handle your own on that set. Honestly, I think it's one of those things where people see it on television and, you know, they're, you know, taken aback or they love the interaction that we have. But then what really is so fun is behind the camera. Like when we're watching the games and we're just talking junk and, you know, I really 
honestly feel like it's me sitting on the couch back in Naperville, Illinois, like talking junk Mm. to my brothers. Mm. And that's how it is on air. Like we debate, we don't take ourselves too seriously. And honestly, it's crazy because everybody's humbled there. Like the culture is such that, you know, you can never take yourself too serious. That video you posted with Shaq asleep and you and D-Wade trying to score in his like big mouth open as he's like sleeping. With grapes. Was it grapes? (laughs) grapes. I laugh he so hard at that. Always one. falls asleep on set. Cause you know, you say I have seven jobs. Well, Shaq has like 25. So he's always sleeping. He's always like, it, it's so funny. Well done. So you've had such an illustrious basketball career, and that included playing for the legendary Pat Summit. What are some of the lessons you learn from Pat that show up in your everyday life? Everything. Um mm. I think the biggest quote that comes to mind, and it's not even a quote that she said, she just represented it, was to do what you say you're going to do, even when the moment you set it in and the feeling you had in that moment is gone. Because there's a lot of times that we say we're going to do something or we say we want to do something or we say we want to eat healthy or accomplish something or set a goal, lose weight, get more in shape. But then that moment comes and goes and you don't ever do it. And Pat honestly lived what she said. Like I had a front row seat to how to accomplish that and what all went into it. And um, the biggest thing now is when everything is good, being that same person when you go through struggles. Mm -hmm. And the most respect I had for her was just watching her battle her illness. She Mm -hmm. was the same Pat, like the exact same Pat, the same words. She didn't pity herself she went out and she competed and that's what I saw her be as a coach when we were hanging up banners. So I think it's every moment that I live in that I Mm. honestly truly embrace, like being able to know her and, Mm. and be a part of her life. Mm. Is there a story you could tell that exemplifies Pat? There's 50 million, but there's one of my favorites. (laughs) Um, One day in practice, it was my freshman year, and I'll never forget that (laughs) I didn't rebound a couple times. And Pat was like, you know, there was a couple possessions where you didn't rebound, you didn't do what you're supposed to, like you got to work harder. So the next day I decide, we had 6 a.m. practice. So I decided I was going to get there at four and be in like a whole sweat when she got there. And I was Mm going to prove to her that like I wanted to be great. Like, I didn't want to just be good. I wanted to be great. And I wanted to work hard and I was willing to do it. So I get to practice and I pull up into um, the arena and her lights on in her office. And she's sitting there with a towel around her neck. So she had already worked out (laughs) and she's like in her office, just doing stuff, writing and like at her desk. And so it was just like, even that in itself was a lesson because I'm trying to prove to her that I'm willing to work. But then in essence, she already proved to me like what it takes because she beat me there. Um, And that's Pat, like she was gonna outwork you Mm -hmm. and she was gonna surround herself with people that knew things she didn't. And she was so like open and honest about that. She wanted people that were smarter than her or that knew something that she didn't. And she wasn't scared of that. And I think that's, um, that's a gift and a curse for me because I think there's been other coaches that aren't so 
confident in who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and she always was so confident. She didn't mind asking questions. Well, you have obviously accomplished so much in your career, but it hasn't been without challenges at time at times. And in particular, 2016 in your, in your career was, Mm -hmm. was a year where Pat passed away. And that summer you weren't chosen for the Rio Olympics after having won two Olympic gold medals. But what's remarkable is that same year you go on to win your first WNBA championship, WNBA finals MVP. So in looking back at that year at that time, how did you work through the adversity that was going on in your life? I got a tattoo when I found out Pat was sick. Um, because I remember the first time I went and saw her, um, when I first found out, and of course she went through the whole spiel. Like if you throw me a pity party, you're going to be the only one there. (laughs) Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to live my life. Um, and I'm going to continue to love what I do. And I went to visit her and I was like, coach, you know, cause I've gone through injuries. I've had eight knee surgeries, shoulder surgery, had a baby. Like, it's just like, you go through your ups and downs of your career. And I asked coach, I was like, you know, when things get hard, how do you handle things? And she said, you know, you put one foot in front of that other, you left foot, right foot, breathe, repeat. Mm. And so I got that tattooed on my forearm because I want to live like that. You know, when things get difficult, you put one foot in front of the other, you breathe and you repeat it. And I'm not saying it gets easier, but you you're able to kind of tolerate it and you're able to find the good in things and you're able to process it a little bit better. And although I'll never understand, you know, why things like that happen in life or with coach, you know, getting sick, but at the same time you realize like I was so lucky to know her and I was so lucky to love her. And um, usually there's good that comes from, you know, everything, or there's reflection that comes from everything. And so I think that that's kind of what she has equipped me to do is -hmm. to process things and to be okay with being sad, um, but continue to move forward, Mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's what I had to do that summer. And, you know, earlier that year in that um, right, I want to say right in the spring is when I found out that I didn't make the Olympic team. And I think the biggest thing to me is, um, I'm a fair, like, I'm like, that's not fair, you know? And for a long time, I was upset because I knew it was more so angry because if I, if they knew I wasn't going to make the team, no matter what I did, I, I averaged a triple double at one of the training camps. Like we went on a European trip and, you know, Gino was telling me all this and all that about, you know, I was trying to be one of the best players in the world and all this. And, and to me, I'm like, I'm one of those, like, it's this way or that way. Like you said this, or this is the way it was. And I think at that moment, I understood when things just aren't fair, you still have to put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. Mm. And that's what I did. And honestly, I think if I wouldn't have put one foot in front of the other and looking back, my knee was not healthy. So if I would have played, maybe we wouldn't have won the first WNBA championship. But at the end of the day, um, I, I mean, I've moved past it. And then, you know, looking back, I got a call to, to be a part of the 2020 Olympics. And <laughs> I looked at my daughter and I said, you know, sometimes when things aren't fair, or when somebody doesn't treat you right, you don't keep going back. And Ooh. so for me, 
I was like, I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got two, two Olympic gold medals um, and I'm gonna try to do other things. And so I think that that's kind of been my mentality towards, you know, that situation um, going forward. Left foot, right foot, breathe. Repeat. 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 <laughs> Don't I'm forget write the that repeat. one down. <laughs> okay, I got my, I got, I got it on my arm. So in case you guys ever, uh, you know, forget That's, it, I got it. It's amazing to hear Pat's players talk about her, and the way they share stories and how she impacted lives. It's it's so intentional. And you seem very much like that, Candace. You're very intentional with the legacy you want to leave, whether it's in broadcasting, uh, activism, as you're seeing with all of you in the WNBA, playing, mom, all these things. What is it that you want to leave in terms of a legacy in sport and really in life? Have you, have you, I know you've given that thought. It's interesting because I feel like in more ways than one, like everybody always says sports is a metaphor for life, but really it's like a metaphor for like the ending of, of something like Hmm. up until this point, sports has been my life. So when you kind of walk away from something or you start kind of thinking about it, it almost is like an end to something. And you think about your legacy more than you probably ordinarily would if you were just 35 and continuing your career like you think Mm -hmm. about what you want to leave behind and you know the biggest thing is you want to leave it better I think I want to leave women's sports better um than what it was and what it has been and I think every generation has taken that baton and kind of moved it forward and not to generalize like I want to put my money where my mouth is I want to support women's sports I don't want to be that person that just talks about, you know, you got to invest, you got to invest and it's not doing it. And so I want to continue to do that um, with sports. And then just in life, like I honestly just strive for my kids to be proud of me. Like if my daughter the other day, I think the biggest, like where she can honestly get tears in my eyes is when she does stuff like yesterday, she dressed up for school and she had to dress up as a book character And so she calls me in the morning on FaceTime and she's in my full Chicago sky uniform. So it's just like, I just want to make her proud. Mm -hmm. And I want her to know that like, you know, I work hard and I demonstrate it. It's not just me talking about it. And so I think that that's what I want my legacy to be is just what I leave behind with my kids. And then also just leaving women's sports better. I was thinking about sports in 2020 and what I'll remember. I, I won't remember college football, NFL, base, none of it. I will remember the WNBA season. And not just the play itself was incredible, but to see an entire league come together in a collective voice, it gives me chills thinking about it. Mm-hmm. What I wonder is, what is it like to be a part of that WNBA community that is focused on so much more than just basketball? It's not just 2020. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that's what's yeah. been so special is I, I really fully believe in authenticity. 
And when there's natural intersections of what's supposed to be, like the WNBA has been built for this for an extremely long time. This isn't mm-hmm. something that was just kind of thrown together. And I think that that's what showed, that's what shined through was that we were committed to this long before. Um, we are a women's league, which in itself is, you know, the, the longest sports, longest women's sports league ever in the United States. And 80% African-American, LGBTQ, socioeconomic, different religions. Like we are the majority of the minority in our league. And so with that, it kind of comes with speaking for where you come from, you know? And um, I think that's what makes it so natural is like when you feel inspired by something that you're you're doing, you're going to bring that much more purpose to it. And so I think that's the WNBA and how we've kind of dealt with it is like, we are all of these things that everybody hates, mm-hmm. you know, like we are that. And so you come from a, a place of knowing what that feels like. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that's what made it so powerful uh, at this, you know, at this moment. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people are intent on saying shut up and dribble? It's been it's been difficult for me because I really wholeheartedly believe in educating Mm -hmm. yourself on something or a topic that you're talking about. I come from a family of like my great grandfather when African-Americans weren't teachers was a teacher and he passed that knowledge down to my dad, his grandson. And then my dad made sure that all of us we're well-educated and my mom made sure that we did our homework and school was first. And so I hate it when people say like athletes aren't knowledgeable about things. I I hate it because that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And so just as like with doctors and lawyers and we think they're educated in politics or social injustice or just the history of our country to say that athletes aren't just because we dribble and we're good at athletically I think that's changing mm-hmm. and power is crazy. Like you want to hold on to that notion that athletes are stupid because knowledge is power. So mm-hmm. you want athletes to stay in that place. Mm-hmm. And um, we have these platforms um, and even platforms we don't even know about. Like you guys, when I was 11 years old, could probably get me to do and believe and think about anything. <laughs> no, seriously, like growing up watching the soccer team, I mean, I wanted to be that. And there's so many people that um, athletes are role models for and we're able to have a platform. And so we got to make sure we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel as if it's your responsibility, really, to to speak up. And that's where I just... I get the same way when people say stuff, stay in your lane. You know, it's like, we, we, why is my lane here? Why can't I have an opinion on things in this space as well and be knowledgeable in this space as well? So watching you all and what you did, not just to your point in 2020, but what you've done in the WNBA has been tremendous. And I think about Layla is with you in the wobble. She's living through all this. She's absorbing all of this. What are you noticing about her and, and her understanding of all that you're doing? She teaches me more than I could ever teach her. 
And I say that in the sense of we all still have blind spots. And, you know, although I'd like to think that I don't or that I just continue to portray women as powerful and able to do everything and races as equal and all this stuff, like my daughter catches me on things like that I don't even understand like we were waiting this is back in 2019 we were waiting for like an uber and i was like he's late she's like how do you know it's a he <laughs> and i was like and i checked and of course it was a woman and i was like she was like see like see don't assume you know so it's like <laughs> and you know we we have a african-american female vice president and i told her i was like now look see you can you can be a vice president and she was like why couldn't i before so it's just like, she catches me on things and I'm just like trying to make sure she knows she can do everything. And she's like, I know I can, like, I got it, you know? And, um, so I think it kind of just gives me so much joy, um, to be able to share in these experiences and see that I have a daughter that not only is African-American and, and is and a, a young lady, but she's tall and she's so proud of being tall. Um, and that just a generation ago, I mean, she cannot wait for her foot to get to the same size as mine. <laughs> like these are just right confidence. <laughs> she's a size 11 women oh, shut up. and she's like 5'11 right oh, now. Geez. And when I tell you, she's like, mom, there's a boy that's taller than me in my school. I don't like it. And so like, we're going to arm wrestle because we're kind of like really close and that's going to decide. <laughs> like she just, it gives oh, me so much amazing. joy to see her confidence. You know, that's amazing. Shoulders back. Yep. Oh gosh. What do you see her doing? You think I love playing this game with my kids. I'm like, Oh gosh, what are they going to turn out to be? That kid honestly is one of those, like the room just, and I, I know I'm biased, but like the room lights up with Layla. Like she just speaks and she, you can see it in her eyes, how excited she is. So I don't know. It's going to be something with people. Like it's going to be something with like bringing people together or doing something or um, interacting something like that, because she just has a way of like bringing people together. And I know I'm her mom, so <laughs> I'm biased, but <laughs> there is so much confidence derived though. When you look at the young people and, and the kids, you go, okay, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. This next next generation gets it in a way that is so, so comforting. I'm like, yes. Oh, thank you. No, oh, she gets it. And the next generation is going to going to take this and and do, I think, a lot better. And, you know, that's what you hope for. That's how you move forward. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't mess it up too much. So they they have something to grab. Candice. To get ready for your WNBA season, we thought we would get you into your highly competitive mode. Are you ready for the Lynn game? Let's do it. Uh, Candice, you are going to go head-to-head -head with Julie in a five-question trivia game. Best of five wins. All multiple choice. The most important part is what is your noisemaker? A water bottle. First Solid. crinkled water bottle we've ever had. It works perfectly. Jules, Trail what have you got today? Still, still trailblazing. Uh -oh, I've got my, dog my donut might. squeaky. <laughs> Sorry, Ace. Yeah, my dog is probably going to love the squeaky noise. Ace didn't even react to that. She might be asleep. No. Oh, but Swaggy did. She's 
Swaggy. Swaggy. I love just... your dog's name, first oh, of all. Swaggy D, not Swaggy P. Swaggy D. Oh, yeah, I know. I Swaggy hear you. D. You're barking. Is you want to come in? she right outside the door? Do yeah. you want to let her in? Yeah, hold on. Okay. Swaggy D. <laughs> That's everything. You want to meet Ace? Oh, yes. You <gasps> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They have the same face. Look, you guys are some type of poodle mix. You Look. guys could be cousins. To give the visual, Candace has her adorable dog, Ace. Julie has let Swaggy in because Swaggy could not resist the donut squeaky oh. toy noise. Oh, she cannot resist the mic either. There we go. Come on, Swaggy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, are right. you ready, Jules? I'm ready. Okay, the theme of this game is pizza party. Chicago is known for its great pizza. Now okay. we will find out how much each of you know about pizza. Uh-oh. <laughs> also, Candace, if you think you know the answer at any point in the question, you can chime in. Okay, perfect. So I question one. She's up here with you. Lombardi's Pizza is recognized by the Pizza Hall of Fame as the first pizzeria in the United States. Where is it located? Is it A, New York, B, New Haven, Connecticut, or C, Oklahoma City? Julie. New York. Correct. Wait, you can answer. Okay. Okay. Now I got the hang of it. You got, you got the hang Candace. of it? Okay. I got it. Let's go, I got it. Candace. I got it. Question two. In the holiday classic Home Alone, what kind of pizza did Kevin McAllister oh, order when he oh, was go, 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 go. home alone? Was it A, pepperoni, B, cheese, or C, Hawaiian style? Cheese pizza. We are now tied one to one. Oh, <laughs> solid. I would have said pepperoni. That was my, that was my heyday. One. No, because they ate all the cheese and he was mad. Yes. And that's why uh, he went to the attic. Yep. Uh, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my daughter, I make my daughter watch all the old movies. So. <laughs> Question three, what month is National Pizza Month? A, October, B, November, or C, December? Candace. October. Correct. Oh, stop it. Look at Ace, look at Ace. Did you hype for the pizza? You hype for the pizza? Yeah, Ace wants pizza. Okay, two to one, two to one. I gotta get you this You could one. take the game here, Candace. Oh. Question four. What national pizza chain used to advertise that they would deliver your pizza in 30 minutes or less, or it's free? A, Pizza Hut, B, Domino's, or C, Little Caesars? Julie. Domino's. Correct. Oh my gosh. I almost went to Little Caesars. I know, Come I get so on. excited. It all comes so down exciting. to this. Question five. Finish this slogan. It's not delivery. It's... DiGiorno. Correct. <laughs> Candace takes the game. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. That was a good yes. one. Yes. Yes. Uh, that was a good one. Most pressing questions. Are you ready, Candace? Let's do it. What was the most fun or ridiculous moment you had while inside the Wubble? What I'm looking for here are the shenanigans. We're talking ridiculous. Okay, well, my daughter decided she wanted to fish, and our assistant coach, Coach Latricia Trammell, 
is from Oklahoma and she always goes fishing. And then on that specific day, she wasn't feeling well, but Layla, we'd already told we're going to go fishing that day. I know nothing about fishing. Like that's why I was going with my assistant coach. So we're there trying to like put the worm on the hook. I don't do that. <laughs> so like we were putting the worm on the hook and Layla, of course is like, no, you do it. So I'm sitting there doing it. I'm like, I don't even want to fish. Long story short, short, it was terrible. Like the worms spilled all over the concrete. Like we kept throwing the line in and the worm would fly off because we didn't worm it right. And then we finally caught this fish and it was like flopping all over the place. And then Layla was like, no, you have to unhook it. So then it was just gross. So I'm sure it was hilarious if somebody had a bird's eye view to us fishing. One and done maybe with the fishing. Oh, that's, that's it. Yep. I did my, I did my one time. What did your grandma say when you told her you were coming back to Chicago? My grandma was so hyped and it's so funny because sometimes she forgets some things. And so like, it was like telling her twice. (laughs) So like the day before I told her, she was like, Oh my gosh, she started like almost crying. was so excited. I was coming home. Then the next day she called me like mad looking at the newspaper and was like, how come you didn't tell me you were coming home to play? <laughs> so she was holding the newspaper with me on in the newspaper and just like, I'm so excited, but you should have told me. And I was like, you know what, you're right. I should have told you my fault. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so precious. So celebration uh, twice. Oh. oh gosh. Full disclosure. That's me already. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why didn't you tell me this? Uh, Mom, we told you 700 times. Mom brain. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> I blame my kids. And finally, high, low cheer. This is something we do at the end of every podcast. And I do this actually around the dinner table with my kids. I usually I do it. it as their high of the day, their low of the day, and someone they cheer for. But for you, Candice, it's the high of your career, the low of your career, and the cheer is for someone who's helped you along the way. So we'll start with high. I would say the high of my career was, I think in 2016, when we won the WNBA championship, that was the hardest thing I think we've ever had to accomplish. And uh, we did it on the road and in Minnesota in game five, never forget it. It was a crazy series. So that was probably the high of my career. The low of my career is I tore my ACL when I was 16. Mm. And I think that that kind of set in motion, like all of my injuries. And so if I could just go back to that day and not play in that game. So that was probably the low. Um, And I would say someone that has kind of gotten me to where I am have definitely been my parents. And I know it's cliche, but it's just like driving me to and from. And I think when you become a parent, you realize how special your parents are and how much Mm -hmm. they dedicated their weekends to my soccer games and my basketball games. And they never missed anything. You know, Mm -hmm. I was in stupid plays and they were there. So it's just, um, they definitely have helped me out and been my biggest supporters. And how nice that you're bringing it all full circle, Mm -hmm. coming back to finish off your career right there. So go crush it, sister, in this 14th WNBA season. Yikes, getting old, man. Getting old. You got this. (laughs) As we always say, the older I get, the better I was. That's true. (laughs) I don't 
think I've ever heard that, but that's it. I'm going to start using that. The older I get, the better I was. You take that and I'll take left foot, right foot, breathe, repeat. Repeat, yeah. Do it. That's what we're here for, Lynn. To steal each other's lines in life and give each other credit. Sharing is caring. (laughs) Takeaways. Left foot, right foot, breathe, repeat. Takeaway. Done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was a good one. What about you? There was such a presence to her that was so calm so confident so cerebral i need more of that in me is one of my takeaways (laughs) my other takeaway is she is a doer Mm. remember adia's gsd Mm -hmm. candace gets shit done (laughs) my other takeaway it's a quick one okay i want to move closer to my parents again oh i want mom to do my laundry (laughs) I think that was one of the best follow-up questions you've ever had. (laughs) Is mom doing your laundry? That was good. Are you ready for a question? I am. Questions permitted. This comes from Kara Holwald on Instagram. Is a hot dog a taco Mm. or a sandwich? Is your mind blown yet? Mmm. Is a hot dog a taco? I've never heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Or a sandwich. I did come prepared with some more references from Miriam and Webster, if you'd be interested. <laughs> yes, please. All right. The definition of a taco is a usually fried tortilla that is folded or rolled and stuffed with a mixture as of seasoned meat, cheese, and lettuce. Mm-hmm. Last time I checked, a bun is not a tortilla. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. A sandwich is two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between or one mm. slice of bread covered with food, i.e. an open-faced sandwich. And then I looked up hot dog. Mm-hmm. It is a frankfurter with a typically mild flavor that is heated and usually served, wait for it, in a long split roll. (laughs) Again, only reaffirming my belief that a hot dog is not a taco. It is a sandwich. I agree. Based on the definition, I think it qualifies as a sandwich. I would not have thought that unless referring to the actual definitions and if we're going to go by the letter of the law it is in a split roll which i've never done in my life to be clear (laughs) first time for everything following the rules (laughs) hate when that happens (laughs) so there we go did we resolve this once and for all, we finally agreed on something as well. Just definitive. Yes, we, we both think a hot dog technically is a sandwich. Oh, gosh. This debate is going to start a whole nother one. Okay, kids. That does it for us today. Thank you for listening and being part of the Dope Village. 
please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on our Apple podcast page. We really appreciate that. And spread the good word about the pod by sharing your favorite episode with a friend, a colleague, or maybe even a friend from fifth grade you haven't seen in years. Oh, hey, Jimmy. (laughs) Thank you to our sponsors, Ally Bank and Dick's Sporting Goods, and to Kate Diaz for our theme music. And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter permitted. DiGiorno. Hey, Dope Village. Looking for something great to watch? Well, we've got you. ESPN Films' latest documentary, 144, executive produced by ESPN Radio and First Take, Her Take podcast host, as well as current WNBA player Shanae Agwumake takes viewers inside the WNBA's unprecedented 2020 season. Four months after the WNBA postponed its season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the league set out to play a condensed season entirely in a bubble where 144 players across 12 teams not only came together to play basketball, but also to dedicate their season to social justice. 144 premieres May 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. The film will also be available on ESPN Plus immediately after its premiere. Check it out. If you're a fan of Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter like I am, well, be sure to check out his podcast as well. The SVP Pod. SVP and Stanford Steve break down the biggest topics in the sports world, rant about things they don't like, and a whole lot more.